0: Welcome to the Sober Experiment podcast by Be Sober. I'm Lisa. And I'm Alex. If you're new to our podcast, Lisa and I have been best friends since high
1: school together. And after many years of getting drunk together, we decided to experiment with being sober together. You can find out more about our story by going right back to the start of season
0: one. We started Be Sober with a vision to connect people living a sober lifestyle, to help them feel less alone and show them that you can still have fun without alcohol. Be Sober is now the only sober community that has absolutely everything you need in one place. And we believe from the bottom of our hearts that everyone who doesn't want to drink alcohol deserves to feel normal. Good morning. Good morning, Alexandria. But I've been saving this up, right? I'm just oh going to tell she's everybody. Got, she's pointing at me for those audio, which is everybody because we don't video them anymore. She's pointing at me. I'm pointing I, at. If, if right. she was in front of me in real life, I'd I'd like grab to it. bend a finger.
1: <laughs> she would actually grab it right and bend it backwards because she's done it before. I can't help you out. So anyway, point at me woman, <laughs> I am pointing at her right because I just want you all to know this is what we live like together. Lisa is like the flittiest person, but she needs also like solid moments of concentration. So we're coming up to the podcast right. It's <laughs> quarter past ten. We've got our guest on at half past ten she says right Alex stop doing your hair come on I need to get in gear now go and get set up we need to do it we need to do the intro so I go right actually why don't we just pop in the members group and just speak to the ambassadors and do a little live to show them something oh no 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 I need to focus I need to just be concentrating on one thing come down here (laughs) up the zoom (laughs) come on say right you ready she goes no I'm, I'm, ju- I'm just doing my words. I'm just getting my words. I said, and then a few minutes later, she went, just need to find my words. I go, Oh, thought that's what you were doing. She went, no, I was just buying some Ray-Bans.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for the payment to go through and it was taking ages. <laughs> <laughs> I do get distracted a lot, you know. Oh, <laughs> really? No shit. <laughs> like, I I've started like noticing it a lot more. I think there's a lot more like things coming up on my feed, like ADHD things are coming up on my feed. Because you've been doing those searches probably. Yeah, and so when I speak to Rob about things as well and I'm like, oh, look at this. And he's like, yeah, that is definitely you. And I was like, well, I thought everybody was like this, but they're not. I think everybody has a degree of it,
1: but it's a spectrum, isn't it? It's all a spectrum.
0: Yeah, I I do believe that, like perimenopausal symptoms can perhaps be exaggerating my ADHD symptoms. So things that I've probably been all right with seem a little bit more erratic at the moment, you are know, like flitting from things. Like buying Ray-Bans two minutes before your podcast. Yeah, I do have a trouble with impulsivity. You said that like about being it impulsive. It is like who buys Ray-Bans in March? Because that, and I wouldn't mind, but literally
1: this was not an issue. A few minutes ago, she said something like... Oh, I really miss my Ray-Bans.
0: No, I've just put a picture up on Right. So this is how this has happened. There is method to my madness, right? Oh, right? Okay. So I've just had to delete something from the Be Sober member's shop that we don't have anymore. And whilst on that shop, there was a picture of me holding one of our Be Sober coffee cups and I've got my Ray-Bans on. So I thought, oh, I'll advertise that on Facebook. So I've put, the, this is what I mean. I've gone to delete something, but now I've ended up on Facebook advertising the Be Sober cup. Then when I put the picture on of the Be Sober Cup, I thought, my God, I really miss them sunglasses. They look so nice. And I've missed them for ages. But then you said, oh, I liked the ones with the gold rim. So me then, that gave me permission because you also missed them in my mind. <laughs> so, so I felt that, well, I must go and buy these again then. And she so, did. And that's how it happened. Did you buy a new dress as well, the dress? Or did you go, see, that's no, another thing, that right? Dress. The so dress then she saw the dress
1: and went, oh, I hope I can find that dress. In fact, I might go and find it right now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know, I have issues guys. I have issues.
1: But to be fair, and I know this is one of the things that you hate about what I say, because I'm about to say the thing that now diminishes your perimenopause symptoms and I don't mean it like that. But we are very busy though, aren't we, as well?
0: (laughs) <laughs> yes we are very busy but
1: I'm convinced that I don't have any perimenopause symptoms I'm just busy and that's why I forget
0: stuff I know right can we discuss this oh, my receipt's just come through now for my- <laughs> can we discuss this now somewhere else right talk about it What? what do you want to discuss about it about people being busy and when we're busy that we feel the need to tell everybody that we're busy and I do it right so I know this has come from you telling me that you're really busy this morning but yeah, I know, I know that- I'm dead busy she went oh I don't want to wear that shit I said right well I don't want to tell you no I, do, <laughs> right? I, do, no, I don't want to wear it so <laughs> but this is what I mean like busy people want to tell everybody how busy they are and I am guilty of this so this is not directly at you but like somebody once told me ages ago so obviously it's sticks in my mind so every time I say I'm busy I now think that I'm really selfish because somebody once said to me that when we go on about how busy we are it's kind of a selfish thing that we don't think anybody else is busy because we're just showing how busy that we are so we're not taking anybody else's busyness into account we just want to tell people how busy we are. I'm perfectly happy to own that I don't give a shit about anyone else (laughs) <laughs> but, no, then, I do. I do. but then I'm you do joking. don't you so when you were Plus telling me when you this morning you're like oh, i'm so busy i'm doing this i'm doing this i'm doing that and i think well i don't fucking want to be in, in your brain being busy i definitely don't want to be, 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 in be so selfish
1: oh i oh, don't want to be in yours definitely not no way anyway right with all this busyness on one side let's get busy with one of our bees did you like that
0: yeah we did <laughs> I I actually really (laughs) love that. That was so good. So this morning, I'm dead excited to have Jane on the podcast. And what I love about this is that we have been trying to get our members to share the stories because they have like such real, interesting, fantastic stories that people can relate to. Yeah. But nobody has the confidence to do it. But because like um, Aidan came on the podcast not that long ago, one of our members, we've had Caroline on the podcast. And I think this has given our lovely Jane some kind of encouragement. And she messaged and was like, right, right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I might regret saying it, but I'm going to do it. So we will be talking to Jane today. So Jane got sober in 2017 after five years of trying and a long stint of moderating. Um she previously had a drinking career. I love that we all call it a career. It's like the worst career. It was very busy time. (laughs) (laughs) She had a drinking career of 30 plus years, survived the student days, unit, raving, LADEC culture, only to find herself using alcohol to cope and numb out after lots of complicated trauma. Jane's journey was full of highs, lows, twists and turns, which is why we've got her on today. But they involved rehab, AA, moderation, relapse and recovery. Jane's now a qualified person-centered therapist. A journey, she says, which took nine years instead of the usual four. (laughs) She's a newly qualified sober coach, which is incredible. She she did it through the B Academy,
1: Lisa, as well.
0: Yes, yeah, she did train yeah. with the B Academy. Quick plug there as well, yeah. because you want to, in... if you want to do so too, listen to Jane and come along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, she's also a volunteer counsellor for a Well Woman Centre. She's the Be Sober Book Club ambassador and she gets us some aw- awesome authors on there. Um, and finally, she says she found Be Sober and the connection, con- connections, connections that she'd been missing. She's still finding out who she is and she's loving the journey so far. Let's hear from Jade. Jane. Hello. Good
2: morning, Jane. You're looking Good very morning. nice. Thank you. I know. I've washed my face and I've even put perfume on for, you know, like you can smell it. <laughs> <I> can <laughs> smell oh my beautiful. God, I felt like I could then though. <laughs> <laughs> Sending it down the Zoom. <laughs> mm,
0: beautiful. <laughs> I love it when I see it. Honestly, I only ever really see you in gym gear at like half six in the morning. I know. So you look like a
2: new person to me. I know. I've put some slap on, so just to give myself a bit of armour because I'm like oh my god why am I doing this what am I thinking because you
0: are amazing and inspirational and we can't wait to talk to you Oh, thank you. Don't I'll cry. <laughs> do not matter. Yet. Not yet. Not yet. In a bit, you
1: can. Okay. So we, we've, we kind of have used what you've sent us. We've done a little bit of an introduction about you and your journey. But honestly, I don't think we even know your story, Jane, because I know we see you, like, like Lisa's just said, at BeFit, at Book Club. We've met in real life a few times. But because we've just met over Zoom, you just get on with it and you assume. Mm. So I I'd be really interested to hear your story if you'll share it. Yeah. Uh, how long have you got? <laughs> no, a good hour. Come on, let's do this.
0: <laughs> wow. Just so you know, we um, haven't really got a full hour. We haven't really got a full
2: hour. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you the sort of edited version, because uh, you could be here all week otherwise. Um, gosh, where to start? Um, where do you want me to start, is the question.
1: I guess from Just- the point at which you started to realise that drinking
2: was becoming an issue from there, really. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I've never been great at drinking, I suppose, you know, I've got the benefit of hindsight now, um, five and a half years so, but I can look back over my drinking career and think actually it was always a bit shit, but, um, yeah, I was one of those people who could, it was, I was a lightweight, I could get drunk really easily, um, but I could carry on, you know, I had no, no off switch. Um, So it was a recipe for disaster, really. But um, growing up, I was just the same as everybody else, you know, doing the things that teenagers in the 80s do, like drinking on parks and things like that. Um, Went to college, uni, um, in my 20s, raving, all that palaver, and, and no massive issues. I wouldn't say it was always brilliant but you know I had some good times and I can't look back and deny that now because yeah. it's fun um, but then I got into my 30s and all my friends were sort of I mean I got married at 32 and wanted to start a family all my friends were going off having kids and slowing down and not all of them some of them are still a bit crazy and um, by their own admission um, and I didn't have those responsibilities so for me it was like I was still trapped in party girl mode if you like yeah, um, yeah. I was the last one at parties and things like that but then um, in my 30s you know I had lots of issues going on um, and I just used alcohol I suppose to well, it, it was the go-to thing, wasn't it? You know, to numb out. It was always there. It was part of our social scene. But I didn't have the responsibilities of that my friends had to sort of keep me under control. Um, and then mid to late 30s, I had a lot of problems with fertility and things like that. Um, and uh, it did become a crutch. Um, and then I would say early 40s when things weren't going sort of the way I'd planned in my life and a few other things had happened that were really traumatic and um, I started to use alcohol then as my coping mechanism more so than ever before, not just like a glass of wine to sort of calm my nerves or or decompress after a busy week at work. I started to drink in a way that was really unsafe. I mean, I suppose now looking back, I realise what I experienced was a nervous breakdown, but they don't call it that anymore do they? Lots of things. It was like the perfect storm of things. Some of them, I can't really go into massive detail because they do involve my family and things like that. So, um, it just became like this thing that I would do to take the edge off, to numb out, and it started to get more and more scary to the point where I did start to drink in the day and in secret. I think once you start to do those things, you've crossed a line um, and everyone was really worried about me. I went off sick from work um, and very, it ramped up very quickly and I ended up, sorry, go on, Alex. I
1: was just going to say, so did people know you were drinking or did they think there was something else wrong? Because you said you were drinking in the day and, and in secret, but yeah.
2: did people know? Well, yeah, eventually they did know. And I think anyone who thinks that people don't know, they're like kidding themselves, really. Yeah. I really that now. You think you're being all like secretive and getting away with it, but you're not. You're really yeah. not. Um, and so it was a very quick intervention um, from my husband and some of my family. And they ended up going into the Priory Hospital uh, for four weeks. And it was... You'd think that would be the end, and I would go, Whoa, I've recovered. And I did everything right. You know, I did everything right. It's uh, a 12 step program in there, and I was very much immersed in it. And being the people pleaser that I am, I sort of did it perfectly. Did all your steps and tick them off. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I even remember like the main therapist there saying to me on the day I was leaving, You will be a shining light in AA. And like, I was so pleased and so chuffed with that. But yet there was part of me that was thinking, no, whoa, because I'm not really an alcoholic. I don't really. I've just been depressed and used alcohol. So there was like two parts yeah. of me going yeah. on. Um, so, yeah, so I came out. And by the way, I did love it in there. And I think it sowed the seeds for my recovery. Um. And it was a nice little breather from the world, you know. Was yeah. I was warm, I was fed. Can I ask
1: a bit more about your experience in rehab? Yeah, sure. I know that we don't have a lot of people on the podcast who can actually talk firsthand about 12 Steps and rehab programs. And if you are in that those depths, you know, I I don't really want a one-word answer, but I'm going to ask you like a really close question. Do you think it works? Do you think it sort of gets you on that path? Um. And I can't give you like a one word answer. Not really, no, I don't want a one word no. answer. I just want yeah, you to start from yeah. experience.
2: And it, and it won't be everybody's experience anyway. For, sure. some, for some, yes. Um, my experience was with the people who I was with, um, no. Um, but it does start the process. Um, so it starts your thinking along those lines. Yeah. And I suppose it depends on where you are. Um, because for me, I wasn't, it happened so fast. I don't think I was quite there. Yeah. You know, if I'd had gone in there six months later, maybe so, but it was sort of three months of chaos and then I went in there and yeah. for a while it worked and I was trying to do everything right. But what I hadn't done was sort out the issues that took me there in the first place. Yeah. They yeah. were still prevalent and I think if they're still there, then... You know, it, it's so easy just to fall back into old behaviours. And that's what happened with me. And almost, and I mean, people who who love AA might not agree with me, but to give someone the label of alcoholic, for me, I'll speak for me, I'll own it. To give me the label of an alcoholic, which I'm not still not sure whether I like that term or not, you know, the jury's out with that. But to give me that label, it gave me an excuse to relapse. It was like, yes. well, what do you expect? what do you expect? I'm an alcoholic. Do you know what I mean? So it wasn't, even though it sowed the seeds and it it gave me some, some tools, it wasn't actually hundred percent helpful because it also gave me a a reason, an excuse for the way I was, um, without sorting out the underlying issues that took me there in the first place. Mm -hmm. So, I do think it works but it depends on the person and for me at that point I wasn't ready for that. It kept me safe. I'm sorry the dogs just come back so you might hear some squawks. That's all right. No, a bit uh, <laughs> uh yeah. So so yeah it was it was it was useful it was beneficial and it gave me some peace and it gave me some tools and started to sow the seeds of recovery. But I didn't recover at that stage. What it did do was it gave my family, my husband, some peace because they knew I was safe. Yeah. Um, so for them, they could gather their strength to work through the next step with me. Can I ask you something, Jane? Yes, sir.
0: Because you were saying about like it was a build up and people were starting to get worried about you. Yeah, and then... It was like an intervention. Was there a time before like how did that feel? How did that go? What was it your husband that came and said to you, like, I think you're an alcoholic? Or I just kind of want to I'm sorry it to take it. you back to that, but yeah, like how, yeah. how did that feel? Was it a
2: shock to you? Were you like, shit, yeah, um, I am? Or, no, or not? Was. Or it, well, no one told me I was an alcoholic and I don't think anybody can tell you. Yeah. that you are. But people were saying, we're scared, we're worried, we don't know what we're going to come back to, we need to get you some help. And so they tried to find various forms of help for me. Um, and the first thing they came across was the Priory. Yeah. Not, the, not the first, but like one of the things they came across. And I think at that stage... Um, in my journey people around me especially my husband needed to know I was safe so it didn't come as a shock because it was being talked about yeah, we were yeah. Talking about it. and obviously there was lots of conversations going on that I wasn't privy to do you know what I mean and so it was like presented to me like we think we need to go somewhere and at that point I was like yeah I do because I want to get out of this situation so you knew you didn't want to be living like that Oh, yeah, totally. I didn't it, want to live like that at it's all. It's
1: just like, I've, I think I've said this before, but I've got some experience of the, the word alcoholic in my own mm. upbringing. And I remember saying to my dad, and I've said this, I definitely said this on the podcast, you know, you hear the saying is that once somebody admits to being an alcoholic, they're on the journey to recovery. And I used to say to him, you're an alcoholic, you're an
0: alcoholic, just say it, just say it, because I really believe that's all you had to do. All you that's had to what do they say I'm in the alcoholic. movies, though, innit? Yeah. They, when they have that yeah. moment of going into an AA circle and going, my name's so-and-so and I'm an alcoholic, and then the life supposedly gets so much better from exactly that <laughs> but my dad just went. my dad just went, yeah, I'm an alcoholic, so what? Just like you've
1: described,
2: like... Well, I'm obviously going to drink then, Anna, because I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's one thing to say the words; it's another to accept them. Um, and I, I think couldn't for me, say them, you know? no, no, it, it was very hard, and, and there was lots of shame involved, and. Yeah. You know, even when I did say, because you have to say them while I was in you know, the priory, people think you're going to go in and it's like a spa and there's a pool and celebrities. It does sound so good, though, the priory. <laughs> it's not like that at all. Bloody hell. No, it's not. Um... It's not like that at all. but you, And you have to attend meetings. Part of the conditions of being there, even though you're paying to be there, you've got to go to 12-step meetings. So we had to go to like three or four meetings a week and where you're encouraged. It was almost like if they drill it into you enough, it'll stick, you know. Um, and so I did say quite a lot, but I was still questioning whether that was the case for me because I felt like um, something had took me there. You know what I mean? Uh, It wasn't just alcohol that took me there. Of course, that was the that was the obvious thing that took me there. But there was other stuff going on that took me there. So just saying those words doesn't necessarily mean you will recover because it depends on your acceptance of them and what you're going to do about it. You know what I mean? So So when you came out, go on.
1: I was just going to say, so when you came out, you said that wasn't the end of, you, you weren't, you weren't recovering at
2: that point. So you'd, you did you have a relapse then at that point? Oh yeah, I relapsed within a week of coming out. Um, and, and then for, whew, gosh, several months, I would I would relapse, do okay, relapse, do okay, relapse, do okay. And was like that for ages and ages. Um, and like in those first 12 months of coming out of the Priory, um, I mean, they tell you in recovery, you know, don't do anything major when you when you've, you know you first go into recovery and like don't do make any major decisions I mean I came out I had all my hair cut off I I know and it sounds so but that's a big thing for a woman isn't it I'm, I'm uh, laughing
0: because it really is you know what I'm I thought, don't so know so it, mine's never been long when I was at my saddest right my hair was purple like it started with a bit of a twinge of pink and then it went pinker and pinker and purple and I saw somebody on my Facebook the other day and they dyed the hair bright blue and I said to Olivia yeah, i just want a message and say are you
2: all right you okay? <laughs> <laughs>
1: well
2: that's what i did i had it was quite long with her and, and i had it cut into a short bob and had it dyed red so it's a cliche but i think it's like you just want to get so far away from who you've been yeah so you start to create this new persona so i did that and then um i left my job i moved house and oh started a course and um, all this time, I'm still trying to get to grips with I'm an alcoholic, I'm not an alcoholic. And then it got to a point where I just basically said, look, I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to be normal, you know, yep. uh, in quotation marks. Um, <laughs> this, this trying to be sober is making me drink more in secret and crazily and unsafely let me just be moderate let me just be normal and let's see how that goes moderate I like
0: I, I don't like where this is going no
2: <laughs> so I spent um a couple of years actually doing that being a moderate <clears throat> drinker um but oh my god when I look back now, I think, how the friggin' hell did you do that? It was exhausting. It was exhausting yeah. because a friend once said to me, when I sort of told her that, you know, I was just going to be normal and that's it now, she said to me, um, I think I'm really worried because I think once you've crossed the line, you can't come back from it. And I was really aggravated with her at the time,
0: but yeah. I now
2: that she was totally right because um, I spent several years then just trying to be a normal drinker and, and drink normally with my friends. I mean, I think now, I think, God, what a position did I put people in? Because how must they have felt being around me drinking, knowing what they knew, what had happened to me? But I was so yeah. selfish and I was so caught up in the whole desire to be normal. I felt so ashamed that I couldn't be normal. Oh, I, it didn't really enter my head you know what I mean um, and like my husband he sort of I think a lot of it as well was like the guilt of having to for him to be married to someone with a drink problem when drinking was part of our lives together yeah it was our social life you know we like food we like wine and it's like we won't be able to do that now did um, you feel like it kind of separated
0: you a bit I suppose like like he was a normal drinker and you was now college so
2: he could drink and you couldn't yeah definitely and I didn't want that separation because I already felt quite separate from people because yeah. I had um, I didn't have children so that made me different so um and, and i <laughs> This is not massively relevant, but I'm going to throw it in. I also had a head injury when I was 38, and um, I lost my sense of smell and taste. Right, <laughs> which is horrific. It was yeah. horrific. Can I just ask okay. if they come back? No. <gasps> oh my god. No. I have You've something- never come back. No. No, I was under a neurologist. I went to the only smell and taste clinic in the country. That was after all my business with drinking. I thought, I've got to get this sorted and nothing. Oh, uh, my God. Well, you might stink, stink today, Jane, actually. No, I've got good. perfume on. <laughs> That's what I mean. You don't know what it smells Her like. My husband <laughs> buys a cheap perfume now because she won't know what difference. Exactly. I mean, it, it, it separated me from people. So it was just, it felt like, When I was in like my real self-pitying state, it was like, this is another thing I can't do. I can't have children. I can't smell and taste. Um, I can't drink now. Do you know what I mean? So I was like really in a a place of self pity, and I thought, well, I can't do anything about the other two but I can do something about this. So I'll drink so I can be normal. So it it was a contributory factor, even though it doesn't sound like it would be. I do feel it was. I get uh, why
1: it would be. It's another thing that makes you different. Like you say, another thing that you can't just do like a normal person. It's kind
0: of an act of
2: rebellion as well, I suppose, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, that word defiance came up again and again in my journey because... um, I was defiant. I was always defiant where alcohol was concerned. Um, you know, I, I was, and it was a very childish place to be, but it, it was a form of control. Yeah, um, yeah so so that it, it definitely there was defiance there as well. Like, you know, I've got all these things thrust upon me that I can't do anything about, but I can, so I'm going to control this. So I'm going to carry on drinking like a normal person. Except I wasn't a normal person by this yeah. point, you know. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I, I was like that for ages. And then my situation changed once again. I'd gone back to college and um, started training. You know, our daughter came along in 2016. I was in shock from that. Mm. Um, and I, But I was still supposedly moderating, but it was getting harder. We'll get back to our chat shortly. But first, let us tell you
0: about some of the things that we offer at Be Sober. We don't want to bombard you with everything we do
1: because there's absolutely loads. This week, we're going to tell you a little bit about
0: what else we're up to. Well, we're going to tell you about sober spring and we love spring. It's a time for new beginnings and what better way to mark the occasion by becoming a member of Be Sober. So, come and join us for friendship, support and a community that focuses on well-being and fun without the booze. This spring
1: we're scrapping the joining fee, so you can become a member of Be Sober for just 14.99 be quick because this is a limited offer. It starts on the 20th of March and runs till the 31st of May. And it also includes our free gift, The Sober Experiment. So when your daughter came along, were you still drinking at that point then? Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, And then, uh, uh, and so it wasn't, it
2: wasn't that that stopped you necessarily? No. I mean, in the long run, yes. Yeah. Presence, but... Initially, no. God, you know how I- to make someone feel shit,
0: don't
1: you? Alex? <laughs> no, I, 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 the reason I ask, actually, no, the reason I ask is because our children, Jane, as we know, are the same age, mm. and people will often say to me, "Oh, was it having? Was it having your little boy that did it?" And I'm like, "No, actually, yeah. um, I've got some some of my worst times actually are when he was toddling around, and yes, he was a contributing factor eventually." But it wasn't my reason. And, and it's just, you yeah. know, like, I think a lot of parents, it's not about feeling bad about it, but I think a lot of parents do feel that that should be the reason. And in reality,
2: it isn't, is it? Having a child isn't the reason. Um, well, it's funny you should say that because one of the conversations when I had my last real, oh, let's call it a relapse, even though I was drinking moderately, um, there was an occasion where I found myself without anybody to answer to. And I just went for it. And I just drank continuously for several days. Um, and when it all came out and it was just carnage and chaos and it was so traumatic, you know, my husband was like, why can't you stop for me? Why can't you stop for our daughter? And I was like, I don't know, I can't. And so when I decided to, which was in that little time frame, my focus had to be, I've got to do this for me first Yeah. and you lot will benefit from it. But yeah. I had to be focused on I've got to do it for me. because It sounds really selfish, but I think if I had said I'm doing it for you or I'm doing it for you, that that resentment and defiance would have yeah. been there all the time. And so in the end, I did it for myself because Good. I thought yeah. I, did, I don't want to live like this. I can't. don't want to be ashamed of myself anymore. I don't want this guilt anymore. So I'm doing it for me and mm-hmm. you will benefit from it. And obviously they have. Um, so what, what did
1: happen then, Jane? What did what was that defining moment, if there was one, where you went, "This is it"? I know I've got it this time. What happened?
2: Um, it was a p- a period of a few days. My husband had gone away, and I just took the opportunity to use that 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 monster that I was sort of keeping slightly caged that had been out five years previously and really dragged me under. It sees the opportunity and it was like, yes, we've got you. You've got some time now. There's nobody here to watch you and tell you what to do. You can do what the hell you like. Because previously to that, when I had like drunk, I keep using the word normally, but you know what I mean, I'd felt... Under so much pressure to to not go over the top, not to have that one extra drink, yeah. not to sort of be drunk. Um, I, you know what? It's, uh, that
1: what you're talking about, Jane, is giving. Uh, the first time in a long time that I've had anxiety listening to somebody. And you know what? I remember that moment of eyes on me and thinking, "Don't have too many." Yeah. Put the put the half bottle of wine in in the in the kitchen and. Just don't get too drunk. Don't want another. One. It's it's exhausting, like you say. And I'm feeling that like <gasps> it's just exhausting.
2: Yeah. yeah, it was exhausting. And and even though it was horrible, it was traumatic. I wish it had never happened. Part of me is glad it did because it brought me to where I am now. So when when it when it all kicked off, and I, I sort of like I say, I let that, I let the beast, unleash the beast, if you like, and I just went for it when I'd started to get all my family were involved and everything. And I started to come round the shame and the guilt and the exhaustion. I felt I just, I was broken. I was completely broken. Um, And I just thought, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep doing this to people. I'm going to lose everything. I'm going to lose everything. And bear in mind, I hadn't done it for a while, but it was just the straw that broke the camel's back and I just thought I've got to get hold I've got to get a grip of this now um I've got to make this my focus and I've got to do it for me and and it was really hard and but it was acceptance I thought I've proved it now I know now it's almost like I had to do that last I had yeah. that last experience to prove to myself that I wasn't a normal drinker anymore because who would do that? Um, and so I'd proved it. I'd got the proof I needed. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of the times when people are relapsing it's because they don't quite believe they can't do it anymore. They yeah, can, I get oh, that. They can't heads around it. And I had to accept, and I just had a massive amount of acceptance at that point. And the other thing I had was I can't do it on my own. I need some help and not sort of grandiose help in the form of sweeping me off to another rehabilitation center, which I didn't need because I wasn't physically dependent or anything like that. Um, I needed it in, in in I needed gentle help, and so I was put in touch with my mate's brother who had helped me the first time round, and he'd had a, he'd had a horrific experience and come through it, and he'd started volunteering for a service near near me, and he said like, come along, and and that's what I did. I went. I didn't go to AA. I just went went to this meeting once a week with this group of people who were all like from all walks of life. And I'm laughing now because it was the funniest hour of my week. (laughs) And there was some dark, there was some really dark stories there, you know. Yeah. There was some real, like, love and just acceptance and, like, non-judgmental. Everyone was sort of in it together. And that's what got me back on the road to recovery. And also, I have to say this, it was like other people sort of, like, Loving me when I didn't love myself, you know. Yeah. (laughs) But like, um, just saying, come on, you can do it, you know, and really sort of giving me the space to sort of make it my full-time job. It was my full-time job at that point. Um, And so I just read all quickly. I went to my meeting and slowly but surely I started to recover. Um, And I just can't imagine now ever going back that
1: place when when did be sober feature whereabouts in your journey
2: did be sober come in and what was that like oh my god it's so mad because like (laughs) it is so like I was thinking about this this morning um like where did be sober come into my journey it's virtually a year um well it's just over a year that I found be sober Um, And what had happened was I'd gone to that meeting once a week and then I'd started back at college um, to do my diploma in um, person-centred counselling. And I thought, you know, I can't manage both. The meetings were clashing with my college course and things like that. So I stopped that. So I wasn't doing anything at all. Um, And then COVID hit. So there was nothing really. Um, And then things happened in my life. Friendships changed and I moved house and, you know, my little girl started school. And and I found myself just adrift with not many people around me. And I felt quite lonely. And I was listening to podcasts and I actually listened to one. um, It was Sober Dave and he was the first, it was the first podcast I found. And I don't even know how I found that, to be honest. But there you go, I did. And he mentioned that you were interviewing him. And so I listened to his interview with you. And I was like, oh, I quite like these girls. normal. <laughs> you know I mean? And the Northern as well. I was like, oh my God. So I just started checking you out really through the stalking. Um, and that's how I found you. And I joined the... Um, I just—I've got to do something. I've got to do. I've got to have some connections with other sober people.
1: Yeah.
2: I haven't got any in my life. I've got anybody who doesn't drink. I don't know anybody. Um, oh yes, yeah, so I tell a lie. I do. I know a couple um, who don't drink, but they're not sort of in my life every day. You know what I mean? They're not my, yeah. like they're my family. They're not my friends. I'm a lot younger than me. Um, so, yeah, I thought, I've got to start doing things for myself. So that's when I joined Be Sober. And I, I, it was a revelation. Honestly, I couldn't believe it. Because, you know, like when you see people who are in Be Sober, like, oh, I'm, a, I'm part of a few sobriety groups. I'm like, what? <laughs> I didn't even know about it. <laughs> I'm so glad that I found you guys first because it's a good fit for me, the way it works and the things you offer, you know, that holistic approach. Because yeah. I don't want to just be on Facebook having conversations. I want to actually do things in real life. And so, and you do. <laughs> I do, I do. And it's just brilliant. I love it. And um, like, I can remember my first brunch I came to. Oh my God. I don't think I've ever felt... So nervous in my life apart from before it was coming on here today (laughs) (laughs) was it the Dishoom
1: one Jane was it that one the Dishoom one where we had our photo outside no it was
2: um, it was at Bill's is it yeah Bill's bar of course yeah. yeah Yeah, it was there. And it, it was just so nice to be in the company of people who got it. And that was a big one, wasn't it? That it was, was massive. There's about
1: 20 people
0: there or something like that. It there? was a what big was one. That one was Nana's first one as well, I think. Was it? I'm pretty God. sure
1: it was. Yeah. And that was the first time Carolyn Clark came to one and Carolyn, uh, the other Carolyn. I can name Carolyn Clark because she's one of our... You know
0: what I love about that, Jane? And honestly, it's made me so goose pimply and emotional. But for all the reasons you said you found Be Sober are all the reasons why it started. So mm. I know that it gave me that. And that is why, why it came about because... I didn't know anybody who didn't drink, the loneliness, the needing to connect. So I kind of know that it gave me that. But to actually hear that it gave somebody else that, which is what it was set up for, is just so incredible. I love that. That makes every single goddamn
2: hour <laughs> Honestly, worth it. I can't I can't tell you. I mean, I, I don't really be all... Gushy and sucky, uppy, but I can't tell you how much it has changed me because I've gone from a person who I didn't like exercise. In fact, I hated exercise, and in yeah, fact, I, I joined a I joined a gym just before I joined be sober. I joined in the October, and from October to January, i had been twice. I hated it. <laughs> it cost yeah. me a bloody fortune those two those t- those two times. Yeah. I went. Uh, and now I do like be fit three times a week yep. and I love it. And you've gone on to get a PT as well, haven't you, Jane? Because of and that. I've got, yeah, totally. And, and I, I keep thinking, who are you? You know, who, are, who is this person who's like lifting these weights and stuff like that? And I still now I sort of chuckle to myself because I've always wanted to get fit, but I was always on go So I couldn't. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I didn't have the courage to do it. Um, because I thought, no, that is not who I am. And I think with sobriety, there's a lot about you have to change your identity. And I think it's a massive thing for people. We're so set in our ways that and that was it for me I identified as a party animal a social butterfly and all of a sudden I wasn't and it's like who am I then you know and I'm still finding out and I'm like five and a half years sober and I'm I'm still finding out who I am but that's all right you know what I mean I quite like it it's 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 fun and it's exciting really so yeah and since so
1: no you go I was just going to say, and since then, having joined as a book club ambassador and having joined as a member, you then went on
2: to do your sober coaching with the B Academy. I did indeed, yeah. So, yeah, so last year, like, I qualified as a, um, a therapist or counsellor, whichever term you want to use, last April. Um, I think I mentioned to you that, you know, that should have took me four years and it took me nine yeah, because of, uh, um, I had a break when our daughter came along and I got sober. So we had a two-year bro- break then. And then with COVID, um, it took me a hell of a long time. So I qualified last year um, and i am still, I've not set anything up yet, but I, I do voluntary uh, counselling for a Well Women's Centre for women who've experienced domestic violence and I, I, I just love it. Um, and then I thought, what else can I do? And then it's almost like, you know, when I know Lisa, you believe in things like the universe gives you things, don't you? You know, I mean, I've never been like that, to be fair. But it's almost like these things started to fall into place. And then I've seen you were doing the sober coaching. And I'd said to my husband, because he said to me when I got my qualification in counseling, he was like, don't you be doing any more bloody qualifications? like I'm sit to the back teeth of them because obviously, like, oh, has I'm taken you nine years. I was <laughs> so I'd be like, I'm so stressed. I need to do my assignments. I'm so stressed about this. And then what happened was, I actually told him um, about a comment someone had put on one of my posts on on Be Sober, uh, or it might have be been a private message or something. I'd got and I read it to him, and he actually got upset. And he was like, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And then when I told him, I was like, oh, they're going to do, you know, sort of test in the water. They're going to do like the coach. And he was like, yeah, do it, do it. So I was like, yes, I'm going to do it. And um, yeah, it was so good. I loved it. And my pl- next plan is to sort of set myself up as a therapist with the sobriety yes. coaching as an extra to um, so Oh, yeah. please, will you hurry up and do that? Because <laughs>
0: you oh, need nine to take doing it, <laughs> Jane, honestly, you really, please really... Please, will you hurry up? <laughs> 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 let do it I, today.
2: All right, well, no, I don't I know why you're not doing it. <laughs> I am. I am. There's, there's, there's moves afoot. I'm sort of slowly, slowly getting all my ducks in a row, if you like. Um, good. And so, yeah, that's, that's my next step really. Um, and I'm excited, but I think what I've realised, I was thinking about this this morning because I was thinking, what are they going to ask me? Um, what I've realised is I'm good with change, but it doesn't happen quickly for me. And so, and I'm okay with it. And like I know that like people who I did my, my counselling course with be like, gotta get set up, gotta get set up in practice. And a lot for a lot of people that's financial reasons and I get that. Luckily for me, I've not got that. So I'm sort of taking my time so that when I do it, I feel ready and I'm sorted and I'm organised and I know you can never be 100% organised when you set up your own business but I want to feel confident you know so I am doing it so don't worry you'll be first to know when I do it.
0: Yes good because honestly I just think you're so inspirational and easy to talk to do you know what I mean and it's it's hard to find that and I think the best therapists, counsellors coaches those that have been there and I feel like you know you have you you've got that and you come across so well
2: you have to be doing it yeah I will I will like no (laughs) no
0: no it's all right it's
2: gonna happen hopefully in the next few months is
1: is there anything that we haven't asked you or given you chance to say that you were gonna say or you wanted to tell everybody had a big burning desire to speak about
2: I don't, I don't know. No, I don't think so. I'll probably walk away from here and go, oh no, I should have said that, I should have said that. I just, I think it's more that, you know, there's there's hope, there is hope. And if you can be like me, and it can take you five years to get to a place where it sticks, just keep doing it. But I think the main thing, my main message is always, and I don't want to be all preachy about this, but there's got to be acceptance. You know, you can't do it half half-assed you really can't don't be ambivalent about it if you if you think it's an issue if it's causing problems in your life you've got to just accept that a change has got to be made and it's all it's scary but it'll be all right you know and it'll be better than all right that's supposed that's the thing that I want to tell people and when I see people and the the really struggling with day ones and and the the you know, going out still and, and socializing and keeping everything the same. Mm. I want to say you've got to be prepared to make some changes. It'll all come back eventually, but in the initial period, you've got to make some change. You've got to hunker down and keep yourself safe. Because that's what I have to do. And I'm not saying that, that work will work for anyone, but if you're finding like your day ones aren't sticking, Think about what changes can be made because it's got to be some significant change for it to stick because it had to be for me. And acceptance was the key.
1: It is that yeah. thing of, isn't it? Nothing changes if nothing changes. You've got totally. and, yeah, and it's hard, isn't it? When you've been a certain person all your
2: life, and then all of a sudden you can't be that person anymore. Yeah. Is- and I think that's why that's why initially for me it didn't it didn't it couldn't stick because it didn't change anything. I yeah. still wanted to socialize and be who I was, but that wasn't who I was anymore. So I had to accept that a massive change had to be made yeah. for it to stay. What
0: are some of the things now, Jane, that you do either weekly or monthly? What what do you do to keep your sobriety? Um,
2: oh no. Well, I think at my stage now, and I think you you'll get this, it's not really an issue anymore. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong, I'm only human, and there are times when I think, oh, it would be so lovely to have a glass of wine, have a freezing cold beer on holiday. But it's a fleeting thought, you know, it's a fleeting thought. And I think, yeah, it would be, but actually no, because then I'd want another, do you know what I mean? There's never just one, is there, you know? um, So with regards to my sobriety, it's just second nature now. But that said, I have to work very hard on who I am. You know, I have to be honest with myself. I have to... I do journal and um, I try and do like calming exercise. I did one before I came on here today because I do, <laughs> what, I've ad- what I've identified as well, like in uh, this point in my journey is I actually probably have suffered with anxiety in the past. Yeah. And yeah. that whole, when I go- was going out or being with people and that nervousness, it was anxiety. And so mm-hmm. I'm an overthinker and, um, I can get a bit obsessive about things that are bothering me. So I have to sort of slow down and, and just accept that I can't do everything. I can't be all things to all people. I have to say no to things that I think might make me feel unsteady and um, I mean, I, I say no to so many things nowadays, but I'm all right with it, really. In the past, yeah. if I said no to an event, I'd be like, oh, no, they're going to fall out with me. I've got to get now. I'm just like, no, I can't do it. Um, so they're the things I do, just really little simple things. Yeah, And you read really, um, and you do your fitness as well? Oh, yeah. I, I do the fitness. I do be fit. I've got the PT. Um, And I do loads of reading. I I must admit, I I don't read a lot of Quicklet anymore, um, unless something comes along that is like maybe a memoir or because all the other stuff that's got tools in, I've kind of done. And I don't mean arrogant, but I don't really need those tools anymore. So
1: they become part of you, don't they? The ones ones that work become part of just who you are, and it's
0: so automatic. I think what's good about this as well is honestly, it doesn't come across as arrogant or anything like that. What it does is it gives people hope that if they're in the early days and they can't imagine not thinking about drinking, how nice is it to actually see somebody further ahead mm-hmm. that... That It isn't an issue. You know, you don't have to do de- it. It doesn't have to be hard all of the time. It does get easier. And I yeah. think that's what comes across, really. And that's just like you say, it's just become a part of, you know.
2: It has. And I think one of the things that saved me, apart from like the love of my family, was humour. Yeah, it was having a sense of humour about stuff and yeah, and that's what I'm saying about that group I went to. We would share (laughs) war stories and it was all right to laugh at them because obviously your friends and family are a bit traumatized and don't find it funny. But when you people who who get it, all right, till last,
1: you know. I think that's what we've done, you know. Honestly, together, me and Lisa, because we were there together, I think that's what we've done is taken the mick out of each other's awful... And I've always seen... honestly i that's one thing i've never had is shame around my behavior definitely should have had (laughs) but i've never had any shame i just think i just think i'm really funny
0: (laughs) no i've I've definitely had shame like even now like if somebody were to try and tell me a funny story in quotation marks of me drinking like i wouldn't find that funny i find other things funny and other people's stories But anything like around, like, oh no, I hate, even yeah. now I still hate to think Yeah,
2: about it. I've I do. still got that. I've still got a, a lot of guilt and shame um, about my behaviour and, and, I mean, not from years ago when we were out and was young partying, not that stuff. The later stages, I've still got that, and it's the stuff where I you think you should have, have known better. You know, I shouldn't mm. have been doing that. Because I,
1: I mean, I'm, I'm joking when I say I've got no shame. Of course, like anyone who's come to a point of stopping drinking has some regrets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anyone. Yeah. And I have gone, you know, like I wish that's not really me. I wish I hadn't been that person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Credit oh, like yeah.
0: me. I was just I was... thinking then. Sorry. This. Is kind of off topic but I remember going out to um like my local village and I would get pissed and then the day after I would hate myself I'd be like oh my god I can't go in there again I'm never going in there again that was so awful and then the next time I would go in I'd be drunk so then I'd know I'd be in there thinking I must be drunk to be in it because I weren't coming in here again
2: and then I would do it all again and then I'd be like oh it's almost like you two people, isn't it? It's yes. like who you are. And then when you, you get possessed, place, no, yeah, you, are,
0: you do. I think you do. My mum used to say this, Jane, right? I'm so when she <laughs> and I'd say, like, oh, this happened, or we did this last night, and she'd be like, I, I would not do that. It is like somebody took her, and we used to laugh about it. She'd be like, somebody jumped into my body and said that, <laughs> <stole right?"> me. <laughs> and Yeah, that is what she'd say. And I'd be like, you know what? Now I've stopped. I believe that to be true. You are not that person. Well, and it's I called thought... a spirit. It's called a spirit. <laughs> well, well, it is. They call it the demon drink, don't yeah, they? Yeah, there's
1: something. So there you go. Yeah, And it's, there's memes all over I can't remember it now, but there's something out there about alcohol being a ghoul or being... Yeah, it's a- like
0: alcohol... Like, the like, it's spelt differently. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think, is it like Arabic it? for something? And they mm. think it, like, releases dark spirits. And there's a picture, mm. and it shows somebody in a bar drinking with all, like, these spirits around. That It's a really mm. dark picture. Mm. But for me, that really does explain, like, what it's like. It's awful. I hate it. I don't know what's up with me today. It's making me feel <laughs> sick.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things for me now is even though I've got like some guilt and shame about things that have happened on a day-to-day basis now, I have no guilt, have no shame yeah, and yeah, that is so freeing it. and, um you know, I've nothing to be ashamed of anymore. Yeah, that happens. And I feel sad and guilty and a bit, a bit ashamed of it, but I'm a better person now. And so it, it, I kind of have started to let it go, but it does take time really. Yeah.
1: Before we finish this next book club, book club that you've got on, it's on the is it the twenty seventh, Jane? Yeah. Yeah. Are you, you're opening it up, aren't you? You're doing it as an invitation to anybody who's sober to come come along. Am I right, or
2: have I just made that up? Oh uh, well, I don't know. I'm right. right. I I've know. made it up. I've made it up because I think you asked I'm a question happy. about non-members. I did because I noticed that someone had put um, a message on one of the the groups. But when I've looked back at her message, it says an in person. Um, ah, okay. Book. Well, I've just read it wrong. So you run, you do run the book book club, and do you, do you know what book you're reviewing at the minute? Yeah, we're doing. Um, we're doing Rock and Rose by Suzanne Holder. I don't know if you say Suzanne or Susan. I don't know how you're say it. It's spelled She's Susan, isn't she? Though I think, but right, yeah, okay. Noddy Holder's wife isn't it? Noddy I? Holder's wife. Yeah, and she's coming, Alex, because you collared her in a bookshop didn't I you? Did. and I asked her to come along. <laughs> I did. But um, yeah, so she's come on and I, th- I think it's. It's a really good sort of departure from the books we've done this year up to now because we've done a lot of sobriety stuff and recovery and lit. So it'll be really nice to, it's, I can't even say if it's lighthearted fiction because I've not actually finished the book. I'm only a few chapters into it. So You will have done um, by the time you review it. <laughs> oh well, Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's a, a nice departure from the usual stuff. So yeah, it'll be good. Looking forward to that.
1: And what, what's um, your Instagram for Be Sober that people can follow you on? Oh, uh, I haven't actually got one yet. Yeah, I don't. I, I thought you had. <laughs> have you
0: not got any? I thought you had. Oh, well, we'll have to We'll, what? we'll what? put one in I when she gets I'll I tell you what, what. Even better, actually, Jane, if anybody wants to kind of talk to Jane more, then they will have to become a member of Be Sober. And we've actually got a spring offer on. So from the 20th of March, we are scrapping the joining fee, which means you'll be able to join the book club. You can come and join Be Sober. You can do the Be Fits. And then you can speak to Jane in the group. Oh, you want? do not even need an Instagram. Thank you for the save, Lisa. <laughs>
2: yeah, that done that. Oh, God, what
1: a professional. That was lovely. You did amazing, didn't you? She pulled me right out of
2: that hole. So before we finish, Jane, you know we have a
1: final question. We Mm -hmm. ask it to all our guests, and it is our Be Sober motto is, as you well know, be brave, be kind, be sober. Which of those do you most relate to right now and why? Oh, God, be
2: brave. Definitely be brave. I knew you were gonna say that. I know it's took me a huge amount of courage to come on here today, but I was thinking, I knew you were gonna ask me this, so I'll kind of prepped me answer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> She's reading it off a screen
2: every yeah, time. I <laughs> Because uh, I just think. You know, I want to think more deeply about it, I think life requires bravery. I think you yeah. need courage sometimes just to get up and face the day. And like kindness. Sometimes you have to be brave to be kind to someone because you don't know what the response is going to be. And like be to be vulnerable. And yeah, so that would be my motto forever. Be brave because I just think in all situations and circumstances, you need courage. So yeah, definitely be brave.
0: Well, thank you so much, Jane, for being so brave today, because honestly, we are so, so glad that you are. And I think I always say this, but the members' stories and podcasts are my absolute favourite. It's so good to get to know you more and share your story with everybody else. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to come on here. I've loved it. Oh, I've we, we've loved, loved it. Now. You can calm down. You can calm down. Hang fire because we're going to say bye again. I don't know why we do this. We say bye and then we say bye again. But um, yeah. Thanks so much. So bye, Jane. This is the fake bye. Bye. <laughs> See you later. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. And don't forget to follow us or subscribe. And of course, share it with your friends to help spread the Be So Beloved. And if you want to
1: find out more about the work we do or you want to join our amazing community here at Be Sober, you can find out more on our website, BeSoberOfficial.com. Until next time, be brave,
0: be kind and be sober and leave a good review. Oh, yeah. (laughs)